Stephen Boswell here alongside Kevin Nichols at the Oxley Institute in partnership with Wealthvest. Today we're going to be talking about leveraging LinkedIn advocates. Yeah, LinkedIn is such a powerful social network and we've researched a lot of advisors to determine kind of how they go about using it to acquire new clients. And in particular, we researched 917 financial advisors and we found that the number one way that they were bringing in new business via LinkedIn was through personal introductions. So you might think, wow, there must be some fancy algorithm for this. There must be some kind of funnel approach. Well, no, it, it may be the most straightforward way to use this technology. It requires very little tech skills. We're gonna share some of those with you today. But the big point that we wanna drive home is this is a way to amplify things that have been happening since the beginning of sales. Mm -hmm. Like referrals and introductions have been around for a long time. We're gonna use this new and fancy and cool tool, which is LinkedIn, to help us speed that process along and make it a lot more targeted. Right, and because LinkedIn does such a good job of helping you understand the relationship between people that you currently know and people that you want to know, which is gonna to lead to very pinpointed introductions. So we're gonna walk you through a step-by-step -step process today to, to go about that. Yeah, so with any campaign that we look at for marketing, we want some measurables. LinkedIn introductions, Leveraging a LinkedIn advocate, if you will, one of your clients, is a campaign that should be monitored and measured. So as we go about it, we're gonna talk about what are some of the things that uh, are the precursors to getting new business using this strategy? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that we can count and measure and track as the year goes on? But LinkedIn introductions is really a, a natural extension of the traditional way to get introduced, which means me as the advisor telling Kevin as my client, I'd like you to introduce me to this person in your life. Can you help me out? Right. The first step in that process is making sure before I go down that path that Kevin and I have a decent enough relationship for me to even ask him that question. When you look at the affluent research, we asked these, these two groups of people. Some of the affluent respondents said, I've got a pure business relationship with this advisor. Yeah, okay. So they, they go there, they talk about investments, and that's, uh, that's about the extent of the relationship. And you've got the other side that say, well, it's, it's part business, but I've also got a social relationship with this advisor. Now that group of people were far more likely to introduce their advisor when asked. 85% of them said, I'd be happy to introduce the advisor if asked about a LinkedIn connection, as compared to 57% of those who had the business only relationship. But So it but, matters. Yeah, it matters. But even with the business relationship, that's still pretty good odds, right? Like yeah. a little over a half say that I'll, I'll try and make that LinkedIn introduction happen. So I guess my point in sharing that is that before we go out on this, let's say you're a brand new client of mine. I really don't know you very well. Is it a time for me to go through your LinkedIn network and start asking? Maybe not. Maybe we've got a little bit of homework to do to warm those things up so that if ultimately I ask you to, let's go to drinks today after work and I wanna meet your business partner, that that seems like a natural extension of things that we already do together as opposed to being a marketing strategy. That, that's exactly right. You're kind, of, you're kind of earning the right to ask in a way. Um, now, before we walk through the process of actually going about the ask, you know, running these types of searches and finding these people is not that difficult. LinkedIn really makes it easy, especially with the free version. Um, so what you can do is you're going to go into the search bar there and you're going to run a search. You know, maybe it's for a particular title that you're going after at a company, but there is a tab that will say connections of. And the connections of tab is where you're actually going to put your advocate's name. So if Stephen and I are connected and Stephen's my advocate, I'm going to say connections of Stephen Boswell. So now I'm only searching through Stephen's network. And then I can apply other filters like, you know, an industry that that person works in or a certain keyword that's on their profile. 
or a certain school that they went to. So I can actually really, really zero in on one particular advocate's network. This That's sounds, what we're talking about. Yeah, and that sounds like a small thing. It's a big thing. Yeah. And back at when in the early days of LinkedIn, if Kevin were my client and I wanted to go through his connections, I was thumbing through 10 at a time, That's 10 right. at a time, 10 at a time, and just guesswork or mm -hmm. having to look through someone's profile to have any idea as to whether or not that's a person I'd want to meet and how well they're connected to Kevin. And nowadays, some of those filters make that job infinitely easier. That's right. So let's keep this in context for a second about how this might be used. Let's say hypothetically today, you've got a couple of client meetings coming up. What research could we do in advance to arrive at some of the people that we want, might want to meet through that client? Mm -hmm. This kind of advocate search, as Kevin describes, where I put in their name, I'm searching for connections of this person. I might put in their company. I might put in our geography. And I'm going to arrive at a shorter list of people that they probably know outside of LinkedIn. That's exactly right. So it's, you know, it's doing a little bit of research on the front end and, and, and knowing specifically maybe a few people that you would like to meet. I was talking to one of our coaches. We have 22 different coaches. Uh, at Oxley and I was talking to one of them the other day and uh, he'd been in the business a long time. He's a retired advisor now and, and just enjoys being a part of you know the coaching program with us. And uh, he was saying, you know, if this was around when I was in the business, man, it would have made things easier. He's like, we used to always map out people's connections just on like a piece of paper, right? And, and now LinkedIn is doing it for you. But so many advisors that we talk to, frankly, don't use LinkedIn in this manner. And it's the most dumb bum way to use it, but it's the most effective. So let's let's start with square one here, which says, if I want to grease the skids to this LinkedIn conversation, I don't want the first time that I talk about this LinkedIn introduction uh, to be the first time we've ever talked about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So if you're my client, I'm the advisor, I might have some early conversations with you about the tool itself, mm -hmm. how I'm using it as an advisor, how I'm curious how you're using it as an attorney or a business owner. Right. And maybe that's how we get the dialogue started. Yeah, maybe you say, hey, Kevin, if I can introduce you to any of my connections, let me know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you say, hey, Kevin, by the way, if I ever notice someone you're connected to looks interesting, is it okay if I run them by you? You might, you know, you're, that's, it's, you're just kind of um, warming me up to the idea. Now, if you ask me that question, like, hey, Kevin, if I ever notice someone that you're connected to and is it, is it okay if I run them by you? If I say, oh yeah, sure, like that's not the point where you pull out 10 names and, and you know, say, great, well, let's go through these people, right? Yeah. But I just get permission to do it and get me comfortable with the concept. Yeah, these aren't must-haves. Like you don't have to have a social relationship. You don't have to have this pre-talk about LinkedIn. Right. We're looking at making the process a little bit more fluid. And exactly. it's been our experience that with financial advisors, the more, uh, the, the the more open they are, the more conversant they are about talking about LinkedIn with clients, the more natural it is to ultimately ask for an introduction. So we, so, we would say that's step one of the process. It's yeah. kind of planting some planting of these introduction seeds. seeds. Step two of the process is to source prospects. And we kind of already alluded to that, right? This is you doing some homework in advance of a meeting, right? Or um, you know, going online and running that advocate search where you're doing connections of and you're identifying a few people that you would like to meet. So this could be five minutes before the review. I'm the advisor, Kevin's coming in as my client. Yep. I pull up Kevin Nichols on LinkedIn and I search for contacts in Greensboro, North Carolina who work at the Oxley Institute. Yeah. I can tell by business size that they've, uh, they've got a certain number of employees. They're not uh, Microsoft. If, the, if this person works at Oxley, Kevin probably knows them. These are people that are ripe for me to ask about. So when Kevin comes into the office, I've already done my homework. I've got these people listed, not a hundred of them, but maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. And I've done my sourcing homework. Here's, a, here's a, a pro tip for when you're sourcing. 
focus on connections that have smaller networks, right? Because you can tell a lot about how someone uses LinkedIn based on their number of connections. For Steven and I, we have thousands and thousands of connections, right? We take a mass approach. You're gonna want an introduction strategy. You're gonna wanna focus on people who have 100, 200 connections and only connect with people that they really know. If you're targeting somebody with a larger network, you don't want to make sure, make sure that something in their profile indicates they know this person outside of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going through Kevin's network that has, again, thousands and thousands of connections, it's a shot in the dark to find somebody there that he knows well enough to introduce me to. That's right. If I go through and see that that person has endorsed Kevin or recommended Kevin, if I see that they just connected this week, if I see they served on a board together or work in the same department, I've raised my odds dramatically that when I do ask, it's somebody that, that Kevin is not only willing to facilitate, but, but is able to. That's right. So step one is planting seeds. Step two here is sourcing prospects. Step three is asking for an introduction. Now, Stephen, do we send a message through LinkedIn and say, hey, um, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, I'd love to meet your, your connection so-and-so. How do we go about this? I'd, I'd recommend doing it verbally, whether in person or, or over the phone, because we get a lot more leverage that way. Mm -hmm. And you get a chance to surf the waves of objections they might have, some of which aren't really, I wouldn't call objections. They're just more of, you know, uh, just nuances. I don't see that person very often. Right. I don't know them very well. I don't know if you want to meet them. Like there, mm -hmm. there are things that we can surf through conversation that you just don't have any ability to by email. And you'd love for this to be this formulaic funnel that we all want, the holy grails and funnels out there. That's what everyone now, wants. Yeah. With this many messages to that many clients, with this many connections, that I'm gonna have this many people fall out of the bottom of the pipeline. Right. And it doesn't work that way. This is a much more personal approach. And I know when I ask, we're, we're talking about language that is super direct and simple. So we're not asking for a really lengthy script here. One of the scripts we often say is, you know, Kevin, I noticed you're connected to Tom Reynolds on LinkedIn. How well do you know him? Mm -hmm. I'd love to meet Tom. What would be the best way for you to introduce me socially? Yeah, and we throw in the socially because it's it's just less um, less businessy, a little less threatening. Well, it's real for what I'm my objective is here. Like I'm right. not trying to get you to introduce me to Matt Oxley or Tom Reynolds for this matter, uh, so I can go and pitch him on on working with us or right. review his statements over beers at Joymongers. Right. No, I, I I'd like to meet him so that ultimately, if there's a need, that we could work together. But that's not the intent of that introductory meeting. Yeah. So I framed it that way, simple, direct. Kevin, what is what would be like the number one objection you might get when I roll that out to a client? Well, a very common objection is, well, I, I just don't know them that well, right? I'm not comfortable doing that. Hadn't seen them in a long time, maybe. Yeah, so like the the preventative cure here is, is to focus again on people with small networks, right? Because they probably know each other that well enough to actually introduce you. Um, the other way like to deal with this in the moment is to say, hey, Stephen, I noticed a couple people that you're connected to and I wanted to run them by you, right? Mm -hmm. How well do you know John Smith and Jane Doe? And then I just increase the probability that you know at least one of them well enough to try and facilitate a personal introduction. Um, some other language in terms of asking, um, this is a lot of this is actually straight from the book that, that we wrote, The Indispensable LinkedIn Sales Guide for Financial Advisors. Uh, the advice request, hey, I was going to reach out to Tom Reynolds on LinkedIn. I noticed you're connected to him. Um, you know, what, what's the best way to introduce me? Right? I, I love your advice on the best way to introduce me. You know, as we talk about this strategy, the objections that you're going to get are not the ones that most of us foresee. Most of us foresee the objection being that the client is somehow unwilling to make this happen, mm -hmm. that they're reluctant, they feel awkward with it. That is typically not the case. Right. Typically, you look at the data point, 85% of them are saying, yeah, fine, I'm happy to help. Yeah. That's why I'm on LinkedIn. I can network that way. That's exactly right. You know, so when we think about how do we pull this together, it's much more about 
the frequency of our ask than it is the willingness of our client. And you can look at this and you can say, this is the most dumb, bum, simple way ever to use LinkedIn. But it's the most powerful as proven by our data, yet very, very few people do it. Well, it drives me insane. They don't do it because it's, a, it's out of comfort zone. And what we're trying to do today is kind of show you a process and give you more confidence around doing it. So like if you know, hey, this is what I work through, this is the scripts that I use, this is how I handle a you know, very common objection, you're gonna have more confidence and you're just gonna do more of it. Yeah, and when you think through the, the mountains of research that we have and the, anecdotally, we, we've coached hundreds and hundreds of advisors through mm -hmm. a process like this. I can't remember a time, Kevin, maybe you can, where somebody came back to us and said, hey, I had this LinkedIn conversation and boy, was that a bomb. Right. The client couldn't be more offended that I was looking through their network online. Right. We don't get it. The risk is really low here. And if nothing else, you've opened up the dialogue that you're in a growth mode and you'd benefit from meeting some of their connections. That's exactly right. Let me share, let me share one more script before we move on to the next phase of the process. And that's the ease in approach. It's actually one of my, my favorite from the book. And it's, hey, Jim, I noticed you're connected to Tom Reynolds on LinkedIn. Is he a good guy, right? Like, and it's just, yeah, he's a great guy. You know what? I'd love to meet him. What's, what would be the best way to do that? So there's, there's so many ways to ask. It's a matter of asking. It's a matter of finding your own unique style and doing it. And, and to Stephen's point, verbally, you know, over the phone, face to face. Um, we've seen some of it work via email, but just your odds go down. I have less emotional pull. Like if I'm asking via email, you can you can just ignore that email. If I'm asking you face to face, you're going to have to give me some sort of response. So final part of the process. Let's say hypothetically, I asked Kevin for an introduction to Tom Reynolds. Kevin says. Yeah, let me talk to him. We'll see what's going on next week. Maybe we can all get together for a lunch or something. I'm not done yet. Kevin has agreed in principle, but we haven't pulled anything together yet. Mm -hmm. And there is a chance that Kevin gets off in his busy life and all of a sudden we haven't pulled this together. So one thing I'm angling for here is a little bit of accountability. And so at the conclusion of that call or that meeting, I might say, hey, Kevin, I really appreciate you being willing to talk to Tom for me and getting this pulled together. Uh, just trying to firm up my schedule by like end of Friday. Do you mind if I give you a call then just to see if you're able to get a hold of him? Right. Uh, just to let him know. This is serious to me. I really want to pull this together and I am going to follow up. So that's step four of the process. We call it polite accountability. So you're holding me accountable, but you're doing it in a very, very nice way. Absolutely. You're, you're telling me as the potential introducer that you are serious about making this introduction happen. And I mean, I work with an advisor down in Southern California who I'm telling you, the guy loved the concept, started asking for introductions through all of his clients through LinkedIn. Almost all of them agreed in principle, but none of them were actually occurring. And he was feeling awkward fo following up with him about, about making it happen. And when we dug into it a little bit, we realized he was putting no, he, he wasn't closing the loop. And that's what this polite accountability does. The final process is the, in the, in the final step of the process is the introduction itself. Mm -hmm. Kevin has agreed to put me in front of Tom Reynolds. It's the day of, it's happening. Right. At that point, I hope I've done a little bit of homework as to their relationship, as to what makes Tom tick. Right. And my whole goal in this meeting is not to land an account, but to make a great new contact. I come already highly credibilized by the fact that I came introduced by Kevin, who Tom knows is my client. That's right. This speaks volumes to our relationship. If I was a goofball, if I did a poor job for Kevin, Kevin would never put me in front of Tom. So I don't have to show up at this meeting trying too hard to impress. I don't have to ask for any account paperwork. I'm coming and being a very natural person, knowing that there's a high likelihood that Tom's going to be in the market at some point, and I want to be who he thinks about. That, that's exactly right. So to, just to recap the process, step one was planting seeds, right? Getting your clients and centers of influence, or anyone really for that matter, comfortable with the idea of introducing you through LinkedIn. 
Step two was to source prospects, and that's actually gonna be going on LinkedIn and running a search using the connections of tab and, and doing a little bit of digging. Three is asking. Ideally, we do it face-to-face, -face, right? Um, second, secondary, secondarily would be over the phone. Four, we use polite accountability to close the loop when we get the client or the introducer to agree. And then finally, we actually have the introduction take place. Yeah, it's a straightforward process. Get out and use it. You'll be glad you did. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the presenter and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wealthfest or the Oxley Institute. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by Wealthfest or the Oxley Institute. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Wealthfest and the Oxley Institute do not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. Neither Wealthfest nor the Oxley Institute warrants the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any in content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.